Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 180 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 78 through 80, where Sensui shows us how he gets his kicks, Yusuke becomes the center of attention, and the best bullet is a gasoline truck. Look, if you're truly trying to hit somebody and you're having difficulty with your aim, what you should do is you should manufacture a very, very large gun and that you put inside of it all all the big giant trucks that you want to shoot out. And hey, if you're looking for a fun time, you should put a confetti truck inside of there. You should put uh, a, a, oh man, you could put a a peanut butter truck in there and then set up a different one that has a chocolate truck on the other side and then you can make that commercial for Reese's again where they're just like, you've got my chocolate and your peanut butter. You've got my peanut butter and your chocolate. And And then a guy appears over both of them and you're just like, now kiss. Anyways, let's let's start. That was a journey. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Hey everybody. Uh we're almost to the end of the year, uh which means that we have end of year things and if you haven't ever listened to the show where we did year end stuff, you you should because uh we got yeah. we got things to talk about here. We try to do a a slightly bigger episode than usual. Last year, we split it into two episodes to reflect the two episodes a week nature that our podcast adopted last year that I definitely thought was this year. What is time? And uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be doing we're going to be doing our year end episode in two weeks. So after this one. We have Full Metal Alchemist. After that one, we have a year-end episode week, and then we have a week off. Um, and then we'll see you see you in the next year. So that's it for this year. If you have any kind of questions, comments, discussion topics, or whatever that you'd like to hear in that year-end episode, go ahead and send that to us um, in the social medias, um, on the Discord, etc. Um, because I know. I know we have somewhat established a regular rotation for the year-end episode, but because it only happens once a year, it still feels fresh and new and surprising each time. And uh, we're always looking for, uh, you know, stuff that could become, you know, segments for this year or new yearly segments. So um, if you're curious or if you just have questions about us, about the show, about whatever, uh, send them in, let us know. And um, and we'll see if they fit into that episode. Yeah. Um, I also have. Oh yeah. Are we done with that, or you have more? <laughs> are we done with that? You're you're so quick <laughs> to escape from it to talk about Pokemon Unite. I'm. Um, well, sometimes I'm worried that I don't realize that you have more to say on a subject because sometimes, sometimes I'm like, okay, that that was all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that that was all you had to say. So I, I was worried. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it's it's, it's... Pokemon Unite. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, 
I actually haven't played it in a few weeks because a new Pokemon game came out, like a, a proper Pokemon game. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I've been playing. I've been playing Diamond. That's okay. Uh, it's the most okay Pokemon game has ever been, which is a bit of a disappointment. But luckily, the core gameplay of Pokemon is still pretty fucking great, so I'm enjoying it anyways. Uh, and uh, Pokemon Unite, still a thing. Still looking to get back into it. Maybe tomorrow, who knows? And uh, Dragonite is coming. Dragonite's super popular. Everybody likes Dragonite. And it's going to be a playable character. I believe I was reading on Sarah B last night that it will be a playable character on the 20th. Um, it was officially revealed, as far as I know, or as far as I saw, in a trailer for the holiday event, which the holiday events begin on the 15th. So if you are a Pokemon Unite player, I think there is like daily stuff to do starting on the 15th and going through uh, about a week or so into the new year. And among that daily stuff will be the release of Dragonite. So uh, Pokemon Unite players, get get ready for holiday time in Pokemon Unite. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah, so if you're excited about that, that's great. And if you're not because you don't like Pokemon and don't want to play the game, that's also fine. Um, well, <laughs> is it though? Yeah, I, yeah, it's fine. Don't don't, I don't shame I don't, people. I don't think I agree with you. Yeah, I think everybody should like Pokemon, and I think almost all of those people should want to play this game. Yeah. In other anime adjacent news, uh, if you haven't watched Arcane yet on Netna Sponsor, you are missing out because it's fantastic. Is that that League of Legends thing? Yeah. Um, it also led to a, uh, a a separate, more frustrating thing about myself that I found out, which is that uh, I I never played League of Legends, so I was just like, I wonder if it's any good. So I picked it up, and now I'm hopelessly addicted to League of Legends. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, it's a that uh, is almost certainly the intended consequence of that show. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things where I was just like, I started playing and I was just like, there's no way that this this game could be the game that ruins my entire life. And then I started, <laughs> I started, I started playing it, and I was just like, oh, there's a reason that this game is like one of the longest running computer games that people have been playing competitively for a just ridiculous amount of time now. Um, and the reason why is it is very simple in the what you are doing, and it, it is entirely ridiculously complex because of the number of characters that you are playing with, and the scaling, the way that it, it's played, is very, very difficult, but in a good way that makes it super fun. Like, every character well, plays super differently... Every character, as they're mixed and matched playing against other people, you're playing with, you know, four other people against five other people. Um, so the way that you're, like, scaling and playing is so complex that it, it ends up being, like, super fun, even if you're running, like, the same lane over and over again. Well, uh, I would say, I, so I, I don't think I've ever played League. I know I tried to play League or Heroes or one of those uh, many moons ago when I was still in college. And uh, my laptop was not powerful enough to play it, so I downloaded it and technically played a game uh, in that a game was played that I was uh, in some technical senses involved in. But uh, it, it was so laggy and glitchy that I I didn't even try to play a second game. I just deleted it. Um, but 
Pokemon Unite is a MOBA. League of Legends is a MOBA. League of Legends is, as you as you said, a very long-running MOBA. Pokemon Unite, very new. Uh, but I know when, when Unite first came out, it was listed, or it, a lot of people... Uh, who were reviewing the game said that it was sort of a gateway drug to the MOBA genre. <laughs> and, and that uh, if I'm remembering correctly from some things that were said or alluded to about the MOBA genre, it was a sen- uh, you know, in these reviews of Pokemon Unite specifically, it, it is essentially that Pokemon Unite is may- maybe a little simpler than those games. Although that might have something to do with the s- small, but growing roster of Pokemon Unite. They're releasing one or two characters every month or so. Um, and so they'll, pro- they'll probably catch up to some degree of complexity pretty soon. Um, but uh, that uh, the games are a little bit shorter. I believe League games are about 30 minutes. And Pokemon games are 10 yeah. minutes. League of Legends games um, are basically when somebody loses or when somebody forfeits. Because there's a, there's a huh. scale uh, that you can go up to. Uh, so you can go all the way up to level 15 as you're scaling your characters. But once you reach level 15, um, you have to defeat your opponent's nexus before you win. Um, so you eventually have to figure out a way for them to like, you know, stop blocking you or you stop blocking them or, uh, so know. it's a, it's objective based and not time based. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So you must finish oh. the game. Um, so it'll go as long as it goes. And I, I've, it's sort of like what people talk about with magic, where they're just like, magic games will last as long as they last. Um, except for when you're playing in like tournament play where you have like a specific time limit set onto it. Um, yeah. yeah. Where that one guy thinks that you're slow playing, even though you're playing normally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So I would say, you know, this is not the most surprising thing. I think a lot of people who picked up Pokemon remembered why they liked league or decided that they would like to try league. Cause I think league is probably the biggest MOBA. Um, and the only other one that I know off the top of my head is heroes of the storm. There's a bigger one that I'm forgetting. Uh, but I know Josh, Josh Nichols used to play heroes of the storm. So, uh, that's why I know that one. Uh, but yeah, I know, League is super popular. Um, so yeah, we should probably check out the anime pretty soon. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's also, uh, if you aren't sure that you would like League, I, I believe it's free to play. I know Pokemon Unite is also free to play and is considered sort of a gateway. So if you don't know if you'd like MOBA, download Pokemon Unite onto your phone, <laughs> try it out. And if you do, either keep playing it or play league and see if you like it also uh this seems like an, a natural progression yeah although not for me i will only play pokemon unite <laughs> yeah anyways uh we have episodes to talk about today blake we have yu yu haka show specifically yeah. and these episodes are and great how is it only three episodes so much happens i know <laughs> although I know. not that much when you talk when you put them in notes it's not that much but when I was like dividing them up and and writing out the notes, I was like, "Wait, that also happened. How is this just a twenty minute experience?" I so, know. Yet again, Yu Yu Hakusho is the show that consistently delivers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what can you tell us happened previously on Yu Yu Hakusho? Um. Well, first of all, our main character is Yusuke Urameshi. He is a sort of 
you know, tough, hard-ass kid who ends up being killed in an accident involving him trying to save the life of an innocent bystander. The afterlife thought that because he was a, uh, a tough guy that he was a bad guy, but because he died doing a good thing, now they don't know what to do with him. So they give him an opportunity to go through a series of trials and bring himself back to life. He succeeds, and once he comes back to life, he has the ability to see spiritual beings like uh, like demons. And the afterlife contracts him to become an underworld detective. He starts getting sent out on missions, solving cases, and fighting powerful demon people. Uh, this leads to him becoming a powerful fighter in his own right. And um, he also gathers together a set of allies. So there is his longtime frenemy, Kuabara, who is kind of like the guy from the rival school that you hate, but your lives have been so intertwined that you're also kind of unwittingly best friends with each other. That's Kuabara. Um, Kuwabara, through his interactions with Yusuke, also realizes that he has spiritual powers. First of all, he's always had a heightened sense of spirituality, so he's been able to, um, like, see ghosts and have sort of, uh, otherworldly premonition sensations, that kind of thing, um, for a long time. But, uh, he eventually develops the ability to create a spirit sword, which is basically a lightsaber and continues to baffle me that they actually just use literally lightsaber sound effects for it. Like it's not, <laughs> it, it's literally the same sound effects. It just con it, it, I'm like, how did they, how did, how is this not proprietary? How did this not get stopped immediately in its tracks? Uh, but, but it does happen. So he creates a, a spirit sword, which is basically like a beam sword, um, and, uh, he also recently leveled up his spirit sword because he, it was thought that he had lost his spiritual powers, but instead what was revealed in a recent episode was that the powers weren't lost. They had simply unconsciously gone dormant in reaction to him unconsciously sensing the looming threat that our heroes are currently dealing with so that they could sort of power themselves up into a new fade, uh, a, new, a new form. Uh, and so uh, he, he recently created a new spirit sword, which surprised him because he thought that he had lost his ability to do so, but surprised him even more because the new spirit sword, instead of just cutting through whatever is in front of him, it actually has a sort of like magical otherworldly ability to cut through barriers, including like dimensional barriers. So uh, he, he utilized it while he was trapped inside of a water monster created by another character that uh, was technically a dimensional barrier. And he was able to cut through it and, and save himself and his friends. Uh, so that's that's a pretty pretty big power. It's also pretty important because the main villain in this arc is a guy named Sensui. Sensui is a he used to be a spirit detective. He used to have Yusuke's job, but then he saw this thing called the Black Tape, uh, or uh, Chapter Black. That's what it is. Chapter Black. Uh, Chapter Black is a VHS, um, which is it's kind of like a DVD, which is kind of like when you put a movie on your streaming service, but there are extra steps in the front of it is the short as the shortest I can make it. So, uh, he watched this movie that, um, was basically a highlight reel of all of the worst things that humanity has ever done. 
and uh, he decided that he doesn't like humanity anymore. Uh, the, the thought that I kept having watching these episodes was he he was radicalized against humanity by watching a series of atrocities committed by humanity. So his solution is to commit an atrocity against humanity, which is, <laughs> um, which is not logical and also weirdly accurate to real life. So, you know, there you go. Uh, since we... Uh, his, his goal hinges on a barrier between the human world and the demon world. Um, we have been told that this barrier exists to keep out really big, strong demons that there are, you know, different, different class levels of power level for, for various demons. And even the strongest demon opponents that we have seen so far in the series have been pretty far from the top tiers of of demon power levels this barrier prevents those top tier demons from crossing over if it's not there that uh that will not be a problem for them they will be able to freely flow into the human world creating a hell on earth that will probably eradicate the human race and um and so that's not great so they want to stop that but uh unfortunately kuabara's awakened power might be the exact thing that sensui and his compatriots need to uh complete their plan uh, so Sensui is one of seven people, and they they all have different key keyword names. Um, we have fought a couple of them so far, and I think we've we've fought and and killed one of them. I think, uh, and then there's this guy named Sniper who is able to you know flick. I don't know, dice and beads and shit from his hands uh, in a way that functionally causes them to be bullets. Uh, he has been hanging around Sensui and helping him. Um, there was a dude named Seaman who, uh, he was the guy that created the water monsters that Kuabara's power awakened inside of. After being beaten by Kuabara, Kuabara also like took him for medical treatment. And now Seaman is having a real existential crisis over whether or not people are as bad as he had thought. He is currently with two girls. Uh, one is Shizuru, which is Kuabara's sister. Um, and the other is Botan, who is the um, the underworld um, emissary, essentially. Uh, I think that's pretty much everybody. There's also um, two demons that Yusuke and Kuabara have befriended throughout their travels. One is Kurama. Uh, who does a little bit in these episodes, but you basically just need to know that he's there. Hiei is also important. Hiei is kind of the Vegeta of this series in that he is part of the hero team, but he's not happy about it ever. Uh, he actually has not been with our heroes on their mission in this arc, but uh, he will be showing up today. All right, and that takes us into our episodes of the week. Uh, the first episode that we watched is episode 78, Divide and Conquer, where Yusuke decides that he wants to get into a fight with a person that he doesn't know the pure power of and uh, gets yeah. gets pretty curb-stomped. <laughs> yeah, I liked this because it was obvious as somebody who has seen any shonen anime before that there was no way that this was the final confrontation. And that, uh, as a consequence, Yusuke would get his ass beat. That is true. But what I liked about it is that this is so Yusuke. And Yusuke even has a few lines in this fight where he's like, well, the only way to figure out how strong he is is to fucking fight him. So here we go. And I really liked that. And also, one thing that I really liked, too, was I didn't get 
Uh, I would actually argue that this is not a full-on curb stomp. Sensui never seems like his back is against the wall, but he also isn't so strong that he's just, like, absorbing Yusuke's punches and not even flinching. Like, he's dodging the hits. He's blocking the blows. He does, later on in this episode, Kuwabara and Karama each attack him, and I think that adds to this. Kuwabara, to a lesser extent, Kuwabara is, is not as strong as Yusuke or Karama, um, and I would say that's pretty much always been true in the series, but uh, Kuwabara's sword, he does stop Kuwabara's sword with his hands, which I thought uh, still worked because Kuwabara's sword is is like spirit energy and Sensui has a lot of experience with that. Um, whereas like Yusuke's blows are, are more physical blows that have been uh, enhanced by spiritual energy. And then similarly, when, uh, when Kurama starts to fight him, Kurama has a rose whip that is basically like a whip covered in thorns that can fuck you up real good. And instead of, fighting him instead of dodging the rose whip instead of blocking it or being unfazed by it he goes to an area where there are too many people for kurama as a you know good guy to use his weapon and so what i liked about this was since we is clearly and easily beating all of them at all points in all of the fights but he is not beating them simply by being too strong for them to touch. He's beating them by outsmarting them. He is very strong. And in a full-on one-on-one brawl, he might win. But he is also utilizing other tactics to tilt the scales in favor of him, which feels better to me than a lot of these curb stomp battles where it's like, okay, well, we have, I don't know, 15 episodes left in this arc. How are they going to get strong enough for this not to be a curb stomp the next time they fight? It doesn't feel quite like that. It does feel like they need to work on it and get a little stronger or come at it from a different angle. But it do- it also feels like since we isn't this like untouchable god level of power. And I think that that even makes more tension in the story somehow. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting too. Man, uh, I the more I watch the show again, the more I'm just kind of like, oh, it's just very, very good storytelling. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean... We talk a lot of shit about Shippuden because Shippuden is the unfortunate victim of the circumstances under which that that anime was released. But the actual storyline of the manga that is the undercurrent of of the series is pretty good. And I'm particularly a fan of the section of story that we are in currently in Shippuden. And then we're watching Mob Psycho 100 and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and then Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, it, it's pretty much always great on Blake and Spencer Good Jump right now. Yeah, we're living in the we're living in the, the salad days is what they call them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, the day, it's the day where everybody gets to eat salads. <laughs> <laughs> you know that holiday. <laughs> you know. Um... Man, the other thing that's happening inside of this episode is that uh, we are continuing to watch the uh, the just relentless assault that Sniper is giving onto Kubar's sister um, Keiko and uh, Mister Mister C Man, and uh, <laughs> and he is just shooting. Uh, I think it's rocks or like jelly beans or like erasers. <laughs> it, it looked to me like those glass beads that. You know, you have an, I don't know, home decoration and no other times. Yeah, yeah. I think they used to 
I think they used to put glass beads in the when the Pokemon trading card game first was released. I think they used to put glass beads in the like starter decks as your damage counters. Yeah. Uh, but then as the game continued, they were like, we're not going to spend the money on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, what so they- I probably have a bunch somewhere in my childhood home with all my old Pokemon cards. Uh, as you, but, as you uh, do. Yeah. He, he sh- yeah. He's shooting something at, Seaman uh, C- and and Shizuru and uh, Botan, so that they can't go help their friends because Seaman, I think Seaman was injured and is in whatever is adjacent to a fugue state because <laughs> he is <laughs> he is. Um, like I said in uh, his um, when I was talking about him in the in the intro on the previous Leon, he is reeling from the revelation that maybe not all people are terrible monsters, and so he he's kind of in this zone where he's like I I came to believe that everyone is the worst. As a consequence of that belief, I became the worst and did terrible, terrible things. And now I've met people who, despite me doing terrible things to them, have treated me with kindness, and I don't know how to feel about that. And so he he's sort of in the zone where he's like reeling from that, that experience and that revelation. And the immediate fallout of that experience and revelation is Sensui and Sniper showing up and trying to kill him uh, because Seaman has been part of their organization from the beginning. And he knows stuff that they don't want the heroes to know. And so they're trying to shut him up. And one of the things that he knows is that uh, Kuwabara's dimension cutting sword is probably exactly the power that Sensui needs to complete his plan. And he's almost certainly going to kidnap Kuwabara and he realizes this under fire in this episode and tells it to the girls. And the girls are like, well, we got to try not to get shot because we got to get out of this room and go tell them. And so Shizuru does. And she also stops in the doorway to talk for about eight minutes. Yeah. It's not not literally, but she stands there for a while. She's got lines there. And I was like, I get get what we're doing you know like this is a cool hero moment and she is saying these things to botan and we need to see her saying these things to botan but in reality that doorway is visible to sniper and if she stopped to talk there she would be dead yeah and (laughs) we're taking some artistic liberties in this moment yeah it turns out sniper could be sniping over there (laughs) sniper no sniping (laughs) <laughs> so uh unfortunately even though she m- mysteriously and without any any logic connected to what's been happening up to this point is able to stand in the doorway for a minute and talk before getting out of the room unscathed uh we also kind of connect this moment to what's going on with Yusuke and Sensui which is Sensui first of all his fighting style is based around kicks and they call it some sort of martial arts style. And I don't know if that's a real world martial arts style or not, but they say that it is 
because of the way that you learn it. It's a particularly powerful martial arts style that is arguably the best one. And then he reveals that he is, you know, he's able to create an orb of spiritual power similar to Yusuke. Um, and he kicks it, presumably at Yusuke or one of the other people there with Yusuke's group. But secretly, it was just supposed to look like that because it was actually kicked at the building off in the distance where Botan, Shizuru, and Seaman are. And uh, so right about the time that Shizuru steps out of the room, successfully eluding Sniper, a giant ball of energy collapses into the room and explodes it. Yeah. Uh, somehow only mildly damaging the exterior of the building and uh, shaking up the room a little bit instead of acting as some sort of like, you know, entire floor bomb going off, which is what I expected. Uh, that said, what we see in this moment is that Shizuru, who is at the moment in the stairwell, that the building shakes, some of the ceiling collapses, and her arm is somehow gravely injured in, I guess, the falling debris or something. I don't know. She's hit by a piece of rebar or something, and... Now she has a bad cut on her arm, but she's going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's hurt. She's hurted. She's like, ah, the building very partially collapsed. and <laughs> I, I nicked myself, but I don't give a shit. I'm too strong. The building's coming at me. It's like, come at me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else, what else happens? I guess they, they all fight. I don't know. Shizuru goes to tell them that Kubar is in danger. She makes it to the bottom of the stairs and she meets Keiko, who is functionally Yusuke's girlfriend. And she's like, Keiko, here's the news. I will be along behind you, but um, you're, you're quicker than me or whatever the hell. And so Keiko goes to tell the heroes and Shizuru collapses uh, from her injuries. Yeah, because um, she's too injured. To not yeah, the stuff with right, the stuff with Sensui keeps happening. He, he fights Kuwabara in that Kuwabara tries to hit him and it doesn't work. He fights Kurama in that Kurama steps up to fight him and he goes to a crowded place. I really liked this too. This is a fight that's taking place in the daylight in a city where other people who are not the heroes and villains are around and you like never see that and it's pretty cool. And uh the fact that not only are there people still around while this fight is taking place, but you know, some of them are reacting to what's happening in a semi believable way earlier on. And then like they change locations. And since we uses the fact that there are people around as a relevant story beat is really nice. Um, but basically he shuts Karama down because Karama is too much of a good guy to risk people getting injured in the middle of their fight. And then sniper drives a motorcycle onto a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> a pedestrian bridge, you know how you do. <laughs> yeah. This was wildly unnecessary and totally of a time. I'm sure sniper could have figured out a different way to break up this fight. Yeah. But he sure did choose this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that takes us into uh, the next episode, which is going to be the human race. Um, where, uh, this episode is all about, uh, how Yusuke is, uh, is, is going to be the fastest biker in all the land. 
<laughs> yeah. Lance Armstrong has nothing on him. Oh, my God. Yusuke's living stronger than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kuwabara gets captured. Um, and when he gets captured, oh, man, uh, there's going to be a chase sequence which is going to go on. <laughs> and, oh, my God, like, <laughs> the funniest sequence is this guy. And he's like, oh, man. Well, there's a whole bunch of other things that's happened before this. But this is just, like, the joke where this guy gets passed by a little kid driving a car. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, he must have a really fast car. And then it's Yusuke on a bike going past him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And then the girl, he's like... It- this is totally unnecessary. Like, if you took this out of the episode, nothing would change. But it's amazing because this dude, he's just like a, he's just like one of those idiot punks that's like, my car is my personality and it, my personality is that my car goes fast. And the girl that he's with is like, I'm sexually attracted to you because you have a fast vehicle. <laughs> and so then he gets passed by this truck and he's like, wow, uh, that truck must have a sick engine, you know? And then Yusuke rides by on his bike, and then the girl's like, take me home. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's done with him. The foundation of their relationship has crumbled. Yeah, that was the only (laughs) thing, that was the only thing that was keeping them together. (laughs) Yeah! There's like this, um, there's this joke, so there's this show called Third Rock from the Sun that is maybe my favorite show that I watched when I was a kid, uh, depending on when I started watching King of the Hill. And if you consider King of the Hill time period to still be when I was a kid. Uh, but when, when I was, when I was a preteen, I started watching third rock from the sun. It's, it's really funny. I've watched quite a few episodes as an adult and they, for the most part, you know, other than a few dated sitcom tropes, they hold up really, really well. The writing is really sharp. Uh, the premise is that the family is, is a group of aliens posing as humans trying to learn about humanity. And in one episode, one of the characters is trying to figure out why a beautiful woman is with a less attractive man. And she's like, it's the car, isn't it? And the woman is like, no, he's funny and he's interesting. And then they like hug each other. And she looks up and she's like mouths the words like, it's the car. And it just reminded me of that. <laughs> like, apparently that was a trope in this time period where women would just date men for the cars that they had. And I think it's hilarious that it it showed up here completely unnecessarily and in a ridiculously funny way. Uh, we'll also learn that... Um, so two, two more of the other characters show up. It's not a lot happens as far as what their powers are yet. One of them is a kid, and that's weird. And he is the game master... And we know that because they refer to him as it and he drives a car and says something about how driving a car is just like doing it in video games. So his whole thing is video games. Uh, but there haven't been a lot of details revealed on that yet. It looks like he's probably going to be pretty important in the next time we cover Yu Yu Hakusho, but we don't really see much more of him this time. And then there's another dude who I think is I think his nickname is Gourmet. They didn't call him that in these episodes, but I believe that was one of the names. And he his fingers stretch out and turn into ropes basically or or he uses them like ropes and ties up kuwabara and that that's what allows them to kidnap him and then while they're driving away uh sensui is talking with kuwabara and is like hey don't you remember the fact that like one of the togoro brothers was able to warp his body shape and he did this exact same finger rope thing to you in the dark tournament 
And Goobar's like, oh yeah, that did happen to me. Um, I don't know why you know it, because you weren't there, but I, I know that, uh, now that you've reminded me. And since he's like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, uh, this guy can do the same thing because he ate Togoro. <laughs> and now he has his powers. So I guess Gourmet's power is if I eat you, I get to do what you were able to do. And so their plan, I guess, is to take Kuwabara back to their hideout and then make Kuwabara do his dimension cutting sword because he tried to do it earlier and he just got the regular one. Uh, so there's something about his new power that he hasn't learned how to tap into consistently yet. And then once Kuwabara does that, they're going to eat him so they don't have to convince him to go to their side. They just have to have him confirm that that power exists and then steal it from him and presumably kill him in the process. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, man, the the next thing that happens inside of this episode is that uh, while Yusuke is trying to follow them on the bike, he's gonna run back into Sniper, and uh, by run into him, I mean get his wheel shot out by Sniper, um, and then Sniper is going to use his ability to make targets on Yusuke, who. Um, in it, when he fell off of his bike, the only thing that ripped off of him was his shirt so that they could show this. Um, uh-huh. and he flips over and, uh, it turns out that he makes bullseyes on you and this ability is so fucking dope. Uh, so what it is, is it's uh, a targeting ability that makes it to where it, anything that sniper throws once he targets these targets will go at them without him even trying to go at them like a bullet. So anything that he touches can go or, or pushes, I guess, um, or throws. I don't know how he throws a car later on. Yeah, and, um, or maybe just imbues with energy. I don't yeah. know. But uh, he's going to make it go at Yusuke. So he he does it with a couple of rocks and then runs away from Yusuke, who Yusuke tries to catch him. Um, and then he does it with some grass. And then uh, Yusuke is just like, you got to do more than that. And so he throws a bunch of rocks and he's like, okay, you got to do better than that. So he does a bunch of knives and Yusuke is just like, those aren't rocks. <laughs> and then after- it's nice it's also that the episode ends with a rain of homing missile knives coming down on yusuke and that is a uh that's a pretty solid episode ending i was like this is almost looney tunes-esque but in a way that i'm so bought into yeah but that takes us into the next episode uh episode 80, 80 moving target where sniper is just like well i guess that wasn't enough so what i should do is shoot a truck at you full of gasoline <laughs> Um, and, uh, by that, I mean like a tanker that's carrying gasoline, not just like every other vehicle that runs on gasoline. Uh Um, but here's, here are my, here's what I like. And here's what I think needs, needs some work on this gasoline truck section. What I like Yusuke finds out that he has had a gasoline truck shot at him because he goes up to the road and is like, okay, I have to get out of sniper's territory so that his ability falls off of me so that then i can come back and kick his ass because i cannot just sit here dodging knives all day and this truck comes down the road and he's like perfect i will hitch a ride with this trucker we'll get out of town i'll come back it'll be fine this is my plan then as the truck nears him he realizes that there's nobody driving it and he immediately deduces that it is sniper's next bullet and i like that he deduces that it's nice that he's not standing there all dumbfounded like wow's the truck driving itself 
But that said, there comes my criticism. <laughs> when, when Sniper shot the rocks, the blades of grass, and the knives, the, the rocks and the knives came as a hail down from the sky. Uh, the, the blades of grass weirdly came up from the ground. It was almost like they had been left behind and, and like triggered by Yusuke's proximity. I don't know how that one worked. The truck is not move the, the truck is not moving itself. The truck is driving itself. And that is a key difference that baffled me. It is not a truck that has been set into motion magically by the power of Sniper in the same way that all the other items were. It is a truck that was magically caused to drive itself. <laughs> so instead of like being propelled by the psychic power of Sniper that is sort of an absolute truth in this zone, it's just driving. Yeah. <laughs> so like at some point, instead of like turning magically to home in on missile, like the rocks did, like the knives did, like the grass did, it stops, turns the steering wheel. Like they show you shots of this, of animated, the steering wheel turning the gas pedal, depressing, like the truck is moving of its own volition under the rules of truck, not under the <laughs> rules of sniper. It's so weird and ridiculous. Yeah, but also fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Like it this to me, I would if we were arguing for like, you know, the through line of his power, I would say that this truck should be working like the knives. It should be moving according to psychic power and not driving itself. Uh, and that this technically breaks the rules that have been sort of tacitly established by the previous displays of power. And it is so funny and ridiculous that I don't care, and I'm giving it a pass, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, just just live in the moment. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So th- a lot of this episode is Yusuke being chased through the woods by a truck. Yeah, you know. And I, one of the things... We're almost done. But one of the things that I really like about anime, and then I tried to reflect in the setup of our show, one of the reasons that we do three funny things at the beginning of each episode, and we we used to have, it used to not be three funny things, but it, it was just sort of like some sort of ridiculous thing about the episode. One of the reasons that I started doing that is because sometimes, unironically, a character shoots a truck like a bullet, and the other character gets chased by a truck through the woods. And those sentences are absurd. And it's one of the things that I like about anime. And the fact that this episode is like 50% Yusuke being hunted in the woods by a, a gas truck is just chef's kiss. Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh, he's going to catch up with Sniper and... Uh, and before he can deal with Sniper, though, uh, it, uh, he is going to show up and just stab him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the the whole truck thing comes to an explosive end. And, and uh, I would say an inevitably explosive end. Oh, I thought you when, said this uh, <laughs> Oh, no, because this is also a, a goofy thing. Sniper takes out a gun. <laughs> yeah. Which, 
totally fits. But up until this point, Sniper's whole deal has been, I will use dice and glass beads and blades of grass and just like whatever is around me and turn it into a dangerous projectile because that's my power. And then at this point, Yusuke is like running toward him and is being chased by the self-driving truck. And Sniper's like, well, this has been fun, but I'm going to go ahead and put an end to, to it. And so he pulls out a gun and I'm like, oh, okay. So all of these things he has turned functionally into bullets, but now he is going to take a real bullet and presumably make it even faster. What I was expecting was that he was going to put his power into a bullet and shoot it at Yusuke so that Yusuke is being chased by a gasoline truck from behind and being shot at by a bullet from in front. Nope. Instead, he just shoots the gas truck, and the gas truck explodes. (laughs) That said, he doesn't even use his power on it. He's just like, yeah, it's fine. I can hit it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is true. He probably didn't need to, but I was just like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) By the way. So, yeah, the truck. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, that is is silly, but also the most shonen way you could have done it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very, it's very... Well, this would usually be a criticism coming out of my mouth, but in this specific instance, I'm using it as a compliment. It's very Michael Bay, where you're like, of course the scene is going to have an explosion in it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, so he explodes. It looks like Yusuke is very seriously injured by the explosion, but then, yeah, Hie shows up. He is dragging Yusuke. It is revealed that Hie, because Hie is a speedy boy, was uh, able to snag Yusuke out of the explosion saving his life and then yusuke proceeds to almost kill sniper before yusuke is like well don't kill i mean don't kill him he's a guy you know we're not like trying to kill human beings and sniper might be a son of a bitch but he's a human being so like leave him alive and he's like ugh fine and then (laughs) i did and then he like does he cut off sniper's hand yeah he just like completely i got that impression deals with sniper Yeah, he he definitely incapacitates Sniper and also stabs him in the chest at one point. But that there's this moment where like Hie is Hie is standing there in front of Sniper and Sniper is stabbed and Hie wants to kill Sniper and Sniper knows this because Hie said it out loud. Yeah. And Sniper does this sort of like last moment of desperation move where he grabs Hie around the neck so that they are they are grappling and locked together and then raises his gun to fire at Yusuke. And it, it basically he may even say something to this extent is like, "Well, if I'm going down, I'm taking you down with me." And then we see Hie pull out his sword and swing it. And then they don't show you what it hits, but they play a slashing sound and Sniper screams. And then he falls to the ground and the hand that was holding the gun is hidden behind his body. And I am convinced that Hie chopped off his hand. But we don't see it. And it's so weird because there's lots of violence in this show that you do see. And I don't understand why we don't see what happened. But you basically see Hie swing his sword. You hear that Sniper has been hit, but you do not see it. And the next thing you see is Sniper unconscious on the ground. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Uh, the other thing that happens inside this episode, where it's basically just going to wrap up with this last beat, um, is he a, um, is going to get into a a slugfest with um, a Yusuke. sexy slugfest. Because <laughs> <laughs> Yusuke is already shirtless, and he is like, well, if we're going to fight. I'm going to take off my shirt too. Yeah. And so they get into like a, a pretty big fight. And the reason why is because he is trying to make Yusuke realize that he needs to push himself and he needs to stop putting a limiter on himself. And Yusuke's, uh, and then he tells Yusuke, well, the reason that you were able to beat Tagoro before is because Tagoro took the time to push you past your limits so that you could show your true potential. And, this guy is not going to do that. He doesn't care about seeing your ultimate potential. He just cares about killing you. So if yeah. if you're going to get into a fight with him, you need to go all in immediately. Otherwise, you're just going to get taken out. Because Togoro as yeah. specifically was just trying to get the best fight he could possibly get at any cost. Right. Togoro wanted to win, but his goal was to have a good fight. And he would like to win that fight. But he he dreamed of being challenged. Yeah. Since we dreams of winning. Yeah. They are different, and I love this. This is like I I. It's obvious, but I hadn't thought of it. And the fact that he like points this out it, because it is such a shonen trope that you get the sort of mustache twirling villain who will do what they can to drive the hero to the edge, and in doing so unlocks the desperation, outrage, protect my friends, whatever power that the hero needed to win. And the fact that he is like, that happened last time because of who Togoro was, and you need to understand that we're not going to find ourselves in the same situation because of who this guy is, is really, really solid. I loved it. Like, this arc is just so fucking good. The show is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, he joins the team so that they could deal with Senseway's team, and that's where the episodes end. Uh, stick with us after these credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind. 
at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 34 through 36. Yeah, where we need to go and live inside of a big wall, and on the other side of the wall there is there is definitely something cold. Um, it's a time of year. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's coming. Um, and you have to deal with it. Uh, hold on really quick. I'm getting a note. Oh, um, I need to stop talking about this before George R. R. Martin sues. Oh, all right. Bye. Uh, <laughs>